Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Thanks for joining us today. Y'all, I gotta just say, this is probably the most excited I have been about the start of a new year since we have gotten started. And we are kicking off our new year the way that we normally kick off our each and every year. It's with our 21 Days of Prayer series. Now, during this time, we want to remind you to pray first. That's why we've all set our phone alarms to 11, 11 a.m. to pray. Just a lot of ones to remind us to pray first. And also, we've been giving something up, something within our time, so we can have more time to pray. Now, in addition to all that, we are following a word that God gave the church for 2023, and that word is ready. Not like God is going to make us ready this year. No, we are actually ready right now. It's not something for the far off future. We are sitting in the readiness at this moment. And for some of us, we feel like we aren't ready. But I'm here to tell you that God has created you for a purpose. God has created you in a way that you are ready to live that out. And that's what we are going to be digging into throughout the year 2023. Now, my journey with ready has been a strange one. You see, when I was younger and I knew less about the world and was probably a little bit overzealous, a little bit overestimating what I was capable of. I was ready for anything. I remember being like 16 years old and not wanting parents, my parents to like call a friend of theirs that owned a business to help me get a job because I knew I wasn't going to need it. I was like, no man, I'm gonna do this on my own. I'm gonna stand up by myself. I don't need anybody to make a phone call. I remember being in my early 20s and saying to myself, I think I could do literally, well, not literally, almost, any job if I just like had a month to learn about it. What I knew is that I didn't need anyone to pave the way for me. I could do it, I could figure it out all on my own. But as I got older, wisdom started to to settle in. I started to finally understand my limitations. Now, I understand I can't like dunk a basketball. No, but I feel like I totally understand what I can and can't do. And sometimes it's actually gone the opposite way. Sometimes it's to a fault. I sometimes think that I can't do anything without someone first showing me how to do it first, without walking me through the best practices, without paving the way for me. What's crazy is that now I'm also being asked to pave the way for others. A lot of the time it's for my kids, Sometimes it's for like the Akuo team. On a very rare occasion, it's like my wife, I get to pave the way for her. And other times it's for y'all. Now to be honest, I never really feel ready for those situations when they present themselves. I mean, I want to receive it, but it can be tough to be ready to pave the way for others. Now what about y'all? When it comes to getting things done in your life, would you rather go it on your own Or do you want the paved road? Then on the other side, do you feel like you are ready and willing to pave the way for someone else? Well, here's the good thing. No matter what side you find yourself potentially struggling with, you'll be able to take a good look at that side 
here in the biblical account of Jesus' life as written by his friend and disciple Matthew through what we're studying through today. Now, even though Matthew wrote an account about Jesus' life, we're actually going to take a look at someone that isn't Jesus today. We're going to be digging into his story, the way that Matthew recorded it. So let's see how Matthew introduces him. Here's what he writes in chapter 3 of his account. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. All right, so here's the first thing that jumps out at me. John the Baptist has to go into the wilderness to start preaching. He was in a place that was different and new and so much different from like the temple that the people of Israel were used to. And I think part of the reason for that was to put people in a place of something new. John is preparing the way for the Lord's coming. He's paving the way for Jesus. He's doing all of this so people could be prepared to receive Jesus in the best and easiest way possible. By putting them in a different spot, they are able to start opening up their minds. Or you can think of it like this. Like, have you ever had a friend who could be a little bit difficult? So, you know, like when they're meeting some of your other friends for the first time, you'll like go ahead and be like, hey, uh, hey guys, just so you know, Timmy over here can, can be kind of a handful, but he doesn't mean to be rude. He's, he's really nice when you get to know him. So something like that, that conversation would be paving the way for Timmy, even though he's, he's kind of rude sometimes, right? Well, that's what John is doing, but for Jesus, except Jesus isn't rude or anything like that. He, what he's doing is he's getting people ready to experience someone new, something different from anything that they had ever seen up to that point. And that was the exact purpose of John in his life. And he lived it out in the absolute best way that he could. Here's what Matthew writes about him. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locust and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. As you can see, John was someone that bucked the social norms of his society. John the Baptist was a little bit of a wild man. He lived off the land. I'm sure he could do great like on one of those survivalist shows, uh, you know, the, the Bear Grylls doing his thing. He, he could do all that. But no matter his style, people showed up to hear from John. And it says people from all over went to see him do his thing. And what was amazing is that they would hear the message that God has given John to preach and lives were changed. No matter what his hair looked like, no matter what he was wearing, people confessed their sins and then they got baptized. It gives, it gives me hope, you know? Now, when some of us think about baptisms, we might think that this is a very Christian thing, but it actually isn't. Remember, John the Baptist is doing this before Jesus even started his ministry. So this can't be exclusively a Christian thing. As a matter of fact, people converting to Jewish faith have been doing baptisms as a part of their conversion for thousands of years. So let's say that you were a part of ancient biblical times, and you were a person that was not a part of the Jewish faith, but you did want to be a part of it. You wanted to convert. There would be a few things that you would have to do before you could be considered Jewish. First, 
you need to confess your sins to one another, right? Like all the ways that you've fallen short of what God had called you to, you confess them. Then you'd have to take a sacrifice to a priest at the temple. And then they would accept a heifer or a pair of turtle doves to become a burnt offering. Then, if you were a man, you'd have to go and get circumcised. And finally, you need to get baptized. Now, in baptism, it was incredibly important that every single piece of the body was immersed in water. Because if like one little piece wasn't under the water, you weren't fully clean. This is how they were cleansed of all of their old ways. Now, once the baptism was done, the person would be known as a proselyte, which means that they were now considered to be Jewish in every single way. The proselyte had fully renounced their previous life, their previous nationality, all allegiances they had to their previous life ceased to exist. They were now fully Jewish. Basically, the non-Jewish person died when he went under that water. And a new person with a new identity was born when he came out of that water. So this has been a part of their faith for a very, very long time. And this type of baptism is actually still a part of the conversion process. However, here John the Baptist wasn't baptizing people so that they could become Jewish. He was getting Jewish people and baptizing them, which is something completely different. So what I think John the Baptist was doing was helping put the Jewish people in a posture of humility. For them to accept something new, they would have to be willing to open themselves up to that. To do that, they would have to admit that the way they'd been doing things weren't the best way to do them. They had to repent. They had to turn from things. John, to, for John, the Jewish people, to repent from their ways, they had to turn so far from what God had set up for them, right? God had set all this stuff up for the Jewish people and they had created a list of more than 600 laws that people had to follow to be considered close to God. That's not what he called for. And what they were saying is the more rules you keep, the better the person you are. The more rules you keep, the more holy you are. Good things happen to people that keep the law and bad things happen to people that don't. Curses were put upon people that didn't follow the law. Things like that. So John's message was like, no, that's wrong. Repent from this. He wanted them to repent of those sins. He called these things sins. They're sins of changing how they should be following God. And I keep on saying this word repent because it's very important to what's happening here. This word is something that you may have heard about in Christian culture, but I'm not sure that we always get it right. So I wanna take a quick second to take a look at the word repent. Take a, a little bit of a deeper dive into it. So to do that, we need to go to the language that the New Testament was originally translated from into English, which is Greek. So when it says repent, the word that is used here is metaneo, which literally means to think differently after or change a mind. So what John wanted these Jewish people to do was to think differently or change their minds about the sins they were committing. What he wanted them to do is change the way that they were uh, going after God, change all of these law systems and the ways that things had been required. What he wanted them to do is be ready for something different because they had heaped so many extra things that wasn't what God had originally intended for them. They had lost the spirit of it. They lost the reason why God asked them to do something. So John knows that if the Jewish people are able to change their minds about how they follow God, 
and get baptized and rinse themselves clean and become a new person, then they will be ready for the one who is being sent. That's Jesus. John is doing his best to pave the way for these people to change their lives. John is doing the best to pave the way for these people to be ready for Jesus. But not everyone was buying it. Here's what Matthew writes next. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, John denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. So once again, here is John, understanding that he has been called to pave the way for Jesus. Understanding that he is supposed to pave the way for the people of Israel to be ready for something new. And while he's doing that, he takes one look at the religious leaders showing up to see what he's doing, and he immediately starts telling them the ways that they are falling short because they are missing out on God for themselves. And not only that, they are leading others to miss out on God as well. So much so that John is calling it sinful. At this moment, some people might be tempted to like flex for themselves, right? John's like, yo, God told me to do this thing. He made this for me. Look at me, check me out, right? They might explain all the great ways that they are following God, but John doesn't do that. Because remember, John is ready for his purpose. John is paving the way for Jesus by encouraging people to show a posture of humility. So even though in that moment he's calling out all the ways that the religious leaders are falling short of God, John is also calling out all the ways that he understands he falls short of Jesus, the one that is coming next. And it's a posture that John would continue to carry even up to the time that they meet each other, that he gets a chance to sit in front of Jesus. Here's how Matthew writes about that. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Y'all, this is great. I love this so much. Anytime I get to see someone struggle while I'm reading through the Bible, it always makes me feel so much better about how I'm doing. Here, Jesus asks John to baptize him. 
And again, encouragement for me, what's awesome is that John says no immediately. John's like, I need you to help me, not the other way around. Because John knows who Jesus is. And at this point, he doesn't feel like this is part of paving the way for Jesus. John is thinking like, this can't be the right thing to do. Because John is like way down here and Jesus is way up there. The way that Jesus responds to all of this is amazing. He says, it should be done because we must carry out all that God requires. God said it needed to get done, so let's do it. Even simpler than that, my dad said so. Y'all, I need you to pay a little extra attention to this part. Because this doesn't just go for people that have biblical accounts written about them. It goes for all of us. It goes for you. It goes for me. When God says we're supposed to do something, we need to do it. That's why we listen. And really, sometimes the craziest part about all of this is that sometimes God doesn't even have to say a word. Sometimes we can see what we're supposed to do by the way the road has been paved for us. Sometimes we can see what we are supposed to do in the way that we have been designed, in the way we've been put together. So let me explain. Y'all, there are so many people that have paved the way for me over the years. Of course, there's like my family, my parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, even my siblings. They have all played their parts and shown me different ways to look at life. But in the purpose I've been given, which I know for sure is to be in community with Jesus and with all of you and help lead you in that. There are a handful of spiritual leaders that I have appreciated and I think about. I think about when I was young and growing up in the Catholic church, there was a priest that ran St. Bridget's, the church that me and my family went to, named Father Flanagan. He was someone that would regularly point to Jesus and the works he did. He would place little to no attention on the saints and have these amazing Jesus-centered sermons and grace-filled messages every single week. It wasn't until I started talking to friends from other churches as I got older that I realized this wasn't the norm. Then, of course, I had my spiritual mentor in college and beyond in Pastor Doug Robbins from City Tribe. There are a few people in my life that I have spent more time with and, I, and have also helped lead me in the way that he has. And then now I also appreciate having conversations with Pastor Mike Bailey from Redeemer Lutheran. Y'all, I gotta tell you, each time I sit down with him and have a conversation, I always come away refreshed and excited and filled with joy about the work God has called me to do. Yeah, these three men have helped pave the way for me in so many ways, but there's somebody else I, I have to mention. You see, when I was in college at UTSA, I, I took some classes at the downtown campus, and while I was there, I got a chance to meet a woman named Miss Cheryl. She was one of the ladies that worked in the cafeteria and we got to talking one day. When I recognized like the worship song that she was playing in the background while she was working, I was like, dang, that's, that's cool, I know that song. And we started talking and we hit it off. You see, Miss Cheryl was an African-American woman about my parents' age that was totally on fire for God. I would go in there a couple days a week and each time I would go in, in between classes, I would stop in and, and talk with her with like the food in between us and we'd talk about the way that God was moving in our lives and what we hoped he could be doing for us in the future. And eventually what happened is she began to like see me walking up and she'd be like, hey, I'm gonna take my break. 
And then we go sit at a table there in the cafeteria and we get into all these conversations about our lives and our faith. I learned that Miss Cheryl lived on the east side and supported her kids and grandkids that all lived in her house by working in the UTSA cafeteria in the morning, then getting off, getting a few hours to go home and change, and then going to Incarnate Word to work in their cafeteria in the evening. Needless to say, she was a hardworking woman. Well, one day she sat down and we sit, get to talking and I'm just out of it, I'm upset. And uh, you know, I had gotten a ticket for not having my inspection sticker up to date. And at that point, I wasn't sure how I was gonna be able to pay for it and pay for gas and food and whatever other stuff. You know, I was just, I, I was in my feelings that day. So Miss Cheryl looked at me and was like, hey, I can help you with that. I'll, I'll go ahead and give you the money. But I understood the financial situation she was in. I didn't want to take her money, man. I, I knew that I could just work a couple extra hours, eat a couple less cheeseburgers, you know, whatever it is that I would have to do, I, would just, I could tighten it up and, and I would get the money eventually. And I explained, hey, Miss Cheryl, don't worry about it. It's all good. Don't, I, I, please, you know. And so then she's like, no, I feel like I'm supposed to give it to you. And I'm like, no, there's no way. And, and really what ended up happening is it, it kind of continued to escalate. And I was so stubborn and so proud. And I cared too much about her responsibilities to her family to accept anything from her. And finally, I very strongly refused the help from her and it just kind of stopped there. And then we kind of picked up in another conversation. As our time that day came to a close, she was like, hey, uh, excuse me, I'll, I'll be right back. And so she, she left and you know, I'm thinking like she went to the bathroom. Well, when she comes back, she went, put her hand on the table and under her hand was $120 in cash, the exact amount that I needed to pay for this ticket. Now, at this point, she refused to let me refuse. She said, God has blessed me with this, and I'm now blessing you with it. Don't deny God's blessing in your life. Y'all, I can't tell y'all how many times I've thought about that act of generosity. That gesture of generosity changed my life. That day when I allowed myself to be humbled, when I repented from the pride I was feeling and accepted her generosity, something changed in me. She paved the way for something that hadn't really existed to that level. I didn't know that I had that. From that moment on, I know, I knew that I had to be able to accept generosity in a way that I never had. And since then, I've been able to accept the way the road has been paved for me and graciously accepted it. And y'all, I even do my best to not fight with Jesus when he tells me to do something. Not perfect, but I'm doing my best. But it's because of that moment. It has allowed me now to pave the way for others. Everyone listening to my voice right now has been affected by the way the road has been paved for me by Miss Cheryl. When we talk about generosity at church, each week I always stop. And I let all of you know that if you need something, Akuo Church will do its best to help you out. Yo, we wanna be generous. Even when it might be tough for us to do, even if it's gonna eat a lot of our budget, that goes for the church, that goes for me personally. Because I know what God has called me to do. I know what he has made me for. And part of it is to show you what a good and loving God gives like. 
And y'all, something happens in me. It's the way I was built. It's my purpose, the way I was designed. When I can be generous to someone, my heart just explodes and I feel joy in ways that aren't met anywhere else. And all of that happened because Miss Cheryl was willing to pave the way for me. She was willing to listen to the Lord in this thing. I mean, think about this. Because she gave me $120 that day, tens of thousands of dollars have gone to people that need help. Tens of thousands of dollars have gone to places that can spread the name of Jesus. And it's credible to think about what can happen when we allow someone to pave the way for us and when we are willing to pave the way for someone else. I accepted her sacrifice. I was this underserving fool who, who got that ticket. She paid my debt to the city of San Antonio. That wasn't fair. But she still did it. She did it out of love. She did it because God asked her to just in the same way John the Baptist was asked to do something. In the same way Jesus was asked to lay his life down for us. And because of that, we get to experience so much. We get to know what a good and loving God looks like. We get to know what it feels like to see someone pave the way for us. We get to know what it feels like to pave the way for someone else. And when we can do what God has asked us to do, when we can do what God has created us to do, when we can live out our purpose, everything can change. It can change us for sure while we do it, right? Like while we're out there working and paving the way, it can change who we are. But not only that, it can change the person that we are helping which might help them help somebody else and then change them and so on and so forth. This is what paving the way for others and accepting a paved road from others looks like. Now to fully experience that, you have to believe in Jesus. That's where it starts. You have to believe in who he is and what he did here on this earth. And for some of you listening right now, you might not have ever proclaimed that. And if that's you, thank you for listening to this. I appreciate your interest in what we were talking about. I appreciate your open mind, and I, I, I respect the place that you're in right now. Now, if you were listening today, and you decided that you want all this, that you wanna be a part in this, then I can help you get there. So what I wanna do is lead you in a conversation with Jesus, which we would call a prayer. Now, in this prayer, you would just simply confirm your trust and faith in him, that Jesus is who he says he was, the Son of God, the perfect Lamb, sacrificed for you to make you right with God. And what I'll do is ask the rest of the Akuo community to pray along with you because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community there with you. We aren't going to leave you when things get tough. So if you want to confirm your belief in Jesus, just go ahead and say this between you and him. Just bow your head and just between you and him, just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now, for the rest of us believers, whether you believed in Jesus for the last five seconds or the last five decades, I want to lead you in something else. You know, we are in a season of giving up time to listen to God. 
right? That's what we were talking about. 11-11 every day, we're giving up stuff in our lives so we can have a little bit of extra time for him. I wanna do that right now. Give us a chance to have a minute to just sit in silence and listen to God and what he has to tell us. Now, I want you to know that it's okay if you don't hear from him, if you do this thing, it's okay. It's still good to sit in the silence and just spend a minute with him. It's also okay if you get distracted in these moments. Remember, sometimes the best ability is availability. So just being available in these moments for God to potentially meet with you is the start of this going back and forth conversations with God. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna want you to do. I'm gonna want you to ask God a few questions. They're gonna go along with the questions that we asked him last week. Now, if you don't remember, we asked God to make us into something new. And we asked God to show us our purpose. For sure, be asking those questions every time at 11.11 when you sit down. So in addition to those questions, you can ask these two. These are the two questions that we want you to ask Jesus today. First, just bow your head and just ask him, Jesus, can you show me how the way has been paved for me? And Jesus, can you show me who I need to pave the way for? Ask those questions and I'll be come back in a minute to finish out this prayer. things in your mighty and holy name. Amen. All right, I'll thank you all so much for being a part of this. Before we go, I'd like, like to share some things with you. First off, I just want to remind you that we are in the gym. We are meeting in the gym on Sundays, every Sunday at 10 a.m. So if you are here in the area and you want to join us in person, we are here at 100 Quinton at 10 a.m. 
Now, as we are moving into this space, just definitely want to ask you to be patient with us. Uh, things aren't going to be perfect, but know that every single week we will be getting better. Or even better, feel free to jump in with us and join one of our A-teams to help make it better. Now, and the only reason that we're even able to move into the gym or link to the community in any of the ways that we have been doing is because of you and the way that you give and you are generous here. It's what we've been talking about here today, showing humility, trusting God with your resources. When you can do that, things happen and lives change, and I just appreciate that. And y'all, I don't care how you're doing it, how much you're giving, what percentage. What I want you to do is be talking to God to ask him what to do. Now, if you aren't sure where to start or you aren't hearing from the Lord in this thing, one of the many ways that you can get started with your generosity here at Akuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering in the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a place where you start. But we don't want this to be a burden for you. We want this to be a time where you celebrate the relationship that you have with Jesus, that when you can give that amount, everything that comes after that, you understand is a gift. And everything else is a celebration that you have it. So we wanna be able to celebrate all the things we've received in our relationship with Jesus. That's what generosity is. That's what it's all about. And it's just like what I have been talking about earlier. This is what we want. We want God first in our lives. Now, the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now. I understand things might be really tough for you and your family, and if that's you, that's okay. Because we wanna be helping you out right now. We wanna be Miss Cheryl sitting at the table sliding the $120 to you. That's what we wanna be to you. We wanna be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akuo.church. And you can also call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you're willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. Or we also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text akuo A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. And if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to Akuo at P.O. box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, y'all, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you, and I will be praying for you now and throughout the week, and I'm sure the entire Akuo team will be praying along with you. So before I go, let me just pray over you one last time. Jesus, I just thank you for the time that you've given to us here today. I thank you for all the different ways that you have paved the road for us. I pray that as we go, we close our laptops, turn off our phones and our TVs, I pray that you would show us all the ways that the road has been paved for us. I pray that you would show us the people that have done that paving for us, Lord. Not just our, our parents or our, our pastors or spiritual leaders, but the, the random Miss Cheryl's in their lives that have done things that help change them. Jesus, I pray 
that as these folks leave, they would see who they're supposed to pave the way for as well. Jesus, we just thank you for all of these things and we love you. And we pray all these things in your name. All right, y'all, that's all that we have for you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.